Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len Testa. We're continuing our summer series. I uh, am wearing my swim trunks and zinc oxide. I know also Jim is. Let's welcome to the show. Jim, how's it going? Well, it's not so much zinc oxide as it is lard. <laughs> lard. <laughs> well, you know, some of us are getting, have an easier job getting into our mankinis than other people, okay? I actually have SPF 100 ah. sunscreen, and it, it's a, it looks for all the world like white light to I was about to say, it let goes, It goes on about the same way. That's really what that is at that point. Okay, well, okay. SPF 100. Are we vacate? Well, actually, you are. You're in Orlando. You are, in fact, vacationing on the surface of the sun. So enjoy. I was at the Animal Kingdom the other day, mm. and it's, I mean, it's been raining every day for the lot, you know, because it's summer now in Orlando, so it rains every day. Yep. But when it did one of those things where it rained for four hours, and then the sun came out, and it was like you were, everyone was in a steam bath. <laughs> I hadn't experienced that in a few months, mm. and it re- reminded me of a number of things. But I was there to see the new Up Bird Show. Remember mm. uh, Flights of Wonder? Yes, you see him. They've remade the show a little bit, incorporating the characters uh, Russell and his dog, Doug, from Up. So it's now Up-themed show. As far as I can tell, it's it's basically the same show with Russell and, and Doug in there for comedic relief. But still basically the same show with birds. The birds themselves are, are pretty fascinating. It's still a good show. Mm-hmm. That went over really well. But I also was over there to check out Satuli Canteen on the one-year anniversary of an opening. This is the quick service restaurant inside Pandora. And it's actually the highest rated quick service restaurant in the animal kingdom. Have you been there? Yeah. I have to admit, a year in, how much of the Pandora-inspired menu is still there? Remarkably, it is almost all still there. Wow. The concept is still the same. So it's still like a, a Chipotle-like build-your-own-bowl. Mm-hmm. You pick a protein, so chicken, beef, fish, or tofu. You pick a base, which I think is a sweet potato hash, uh, rice, greens, like a kale and romaine. I believe there's a fourth one that I'm blanking on. And then you pick a sauce and then sort of bring it all together. I tried most of the dishes again during my trip. I'm still partial though to the to the fried tofu because if you get the fried tofu with the salad and the creamy dressing, it's almost like Caesar salad with croutons where the tofu acts as croutons. Mm. It works out really, really well. But the chicken is really good. I think they're using a mixture of dark and white meat. Mm-hmm for it that makes it super tasty it also tastes like it's actually wood grilled Mm -hmm. so it's delicious and the beef was good as well the best dessert is still the blueberry cheesecake thing Uh, i was about to ask still there still the best thing makes me happy and the service is still good it's still clean everything still works the lines are long so so totally contained still a hit here though james Mm -hmm. i want to talk to you about something and we've talked a lot about galaxy's edge Mm -hmm. over the last few shows but i would just want to bring up One more question based on my visit to the Animal Kingdom. And my question, Jim, is this. Mm -hmm. Are there going to be bathrooms in Galaxy's Edge? And here's why I asked the question. Mm -hmm. I was walking into Pandora a couple days ago. And again, it was raining. Mm -hmm. but And I was coming in through Africa. And as you come in through Africa and you cross the Long Bridge, there are signs, sandwich board signs, Mm -hmm. very large, that say, once you get in line, there are no bathrooms in line. So go to the bathroom before you you get in line, mm-hmm. right? And remember, the line itself inside the flight of passage ride, the line can accommodate five hours worth of people. So a couple of questions. One, again, uh, we have a bunch of Imagineers who listen to the show. I would love to hear the answer to these questions. 
an email. I promise confidentiality. But my first question is this. Did anyone who designed the five-hour wait in line think about bathrooms in the line? And here's why I asked the question. Mm -hmm. The line can accommodate five hours worth of people. The line for Flight of Passage was only two hours long. It's 135 minutes mm -hmm. when I got into Pandora. But they were not keeping 135 minutes worth of people in the line in Flight of Passage. Instead, what they were doing, because there are no bathrooms in the line, they were keeping about an hour's worth of the line outside of Flight of Passage and along the trails of Pandora. So they actually had cast members at the beginning of a line with a roped off section, and then they had a cast member at the end of this hour's worth of people outside in Pandora with a giant sign that said, this is the end of the line for Flight of Passage. But again, it was raining. So the first, I guess, questionable decision I had is, why aren't there bathrooms in the line? But number two, if there aren't bathrooms in the line, why are you stacking the, half the line outside in the rain? And the answer was, it's so that people can walk around and go to the bathrooms yep. without having to go in and out of the entrance of the ride. Apparently, there's some like line cutting that happens if you just let people in saying that you just got out of line to go to the bathroom. That's the thing that they're concerned about. Mm -hmm. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah. Like, you don't want people being able to walk in the line just saying, "Oh, I I can skip half the line because I've I've already waited. I just had to get out and go to the bathroom." Apparently, that, that there was a system that they tried that a while ago and it got abused. But my third point is is okay. So I get it. You have to stack people outside of the flight of passage queue in the walking paths of Pandora because of the bathroom issue. But now the people who are in Pandora who want to walk around and see Pandora can't do that because part of the walking trails have now been allocated to holding people in line instead of putting them in the building that you built. It's like one bad decision, not having bathrooms, has impacted the rest of the land. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and no, you are totally correct. We've talked about this, about when Imagineers build things and then hand them off to ops, and it's like, you figure out how to run it. Well, but that's my question, right? So remember back in the 90s, yep. like in the 2000s, one of the criticisms that we heard from about, about Imagineering was the people who were designing the rides never actually set foot in the park. Mm -hmm. And whether that was valid criticism or not, it was, it was being leveled. And so my question is, were the, the people who designed a five-hour line, have they ever waited in a five-hour line with kids? Or was it that they knew it and it got cut in a budget? I can see both of those things happening, right? Actually, this is a third thing, Len. Okay, there was a third thing. This right. is James Cameron. Did he want us to go into the jungle? Was that... was? If you go through either the full line, they had figured on that about an hour and a half in line, you finally make it into the building if you're in the sacred caves. And you've made it into the lab facility at that point, and that was the point where they actually were discussing building bathrooms but they wanted a way from the bathrooms also the fast pass line which remember kind of takes you through the nighttime jungle you know how when you come out of the sacred caves and you sort of snake through the sea of concrete but you are to the left is where they mm -hmm. queued up they wanted to drop a bathroom right there if it's a five hour long line it's not realistic and Evidently, it was Cameron who just, you know, that, that'll take them out of the story. <laughs> Not having a bathroom will take me out of the story too, Jim. <laughs> Given that Pandora being now officially considered a success, it, it's going to start to march around the world. I mean, you're going to see it 
show up in one way or another in Japan. But one of the first things they're going to do when they get to Japan is the Navi River Adventure and the Flight of Passage are in the next iteration two entirely separate buildings they're never going to make that mistake again of, of putting them on top of one another to get the artificial height for the the mountains of pandora it just sure from a storytelling point of view it worked wonderfully from an operational point of view i mean just the number of times they've had to dump both attractions because a fire alarm has gone off in one yeah. of the buildings this was a mistake. We shouldn't have done this, you know, doubled up like this. In fact, just today, I don't know if you've been keeping tabs on the whole Disney Fox acquisition and, you know, how Comcast is supposedly prepping an all-cash bid. I've heard, yeah. But Disney and Fox still want this to happen. So they just today, they've announced that on July 10th, there will be a Fox shareholders meeting and there will be a Disney shareholders meeting. And in both cases... They will be voting on this acquisition. But one of the reasons that Disney wants this done is they want to move now on the third Pandora ride. Oh, really? Well, yeah, remember, there's a third expansion pad there. And Cameron's pushback is that there are four new movies eventually to be filmed in the set in the Pandora world. <laughs> eventually being the operative word in that sentence, all right? We should live so long, James. We should live so long. You've nailed it. I've seen my cholesterol numbers. I'm not going to get past two. <laughs> it's just, it's just it's not enough crestor in the world, Jim. <laughs> they are shooting two and three back to back at the same time. And in fact, Cameron's all, right. all but admitted that it honestly depends on how two and three do, whether or not we'll move forward with four and five. Cameron's very much of the school of thought. There's a number of things in these next two films that I would love to see people react to. And then let's build an attraction and from disney's point of view we really need to do more in this land because of the very thing you were talking oh, about yeah in fact it's really not a coincidence that just over the past couple of weeks we saw that pandora utility suit oh the mechanized walking around thing yeah, yeah finally there's a walk around character because there's a lot of people standing in line outside who want something to look at other than the back of the head of the person in front of them. Right. And what they're finding is that the drum circle gets a little old if you're standing in the Florida sun. Yeah, the last thing you want is while you're standing in the sun is to hear drums pounding in your head. Mm -hmm. It's great for like 30 seconds, but a five-minute show is is a really long time yeah. to, uh, to listen to drums. Even the people who can get out of line to get to the bathrooms are having trouble finding the bathrooms. <laughs> you mentioned that. Yeah. And, and the reason why I'm laughing is I was waiting for a friend mm -hmm. outside of Satuli Canteen, and I happened to be standing next to a Disney cast member who was there to meet other cast members, I guess, for orientation. And I think... Two out of every three questions that that cast member got while they were waiting next to me was, where's the nearest bathroom? Mm -hmm. The land is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with the land, but signage is not its strength. No, no. And when you think about that guy is standing five feet away from the bathroom. It was literally like, like walk past me into the left. That was the answer to the question. But that tells you, I mean, the fact that they've done such a great job of creating this uh, off-world place. In fact, slide back over to Galaxy's Edge. We have to make the bathrooms a little easier for people to find. Yeah. That's the number one note that's coming out of Pandora. It's like a wonderful place to look at and I need to pee. <laughs>
Luckily, in the case of Galaxy's Edge, you have things like the two different cantinas. And once you enter the building, it will have the standard check-in desk and there's the bar and hey, look, coincidentally, I mean, all of us who know the design language of, okay, next to the bar is going to be the restroom and I'm a happy person. You mentioned design language. The one thing that I thought was funny about being in Pandora when people asked the question about the restrooms was that the cast member did not even attempt to speak Navi. Mm -hmm. You know, like remember when the land first opened, Disney was very big about having its cast members speak to you. So if you were in the old days, if you if you said, you know, excuse me, where's the bathroom? They would, you know, they would start with, you know, Kolsi, you know, which is hello. Mm. Oh, Nagati, Kamali, see you. Nigaru, Lufporn, Srock, how are you? Mm. And, you know, then they would, I am Sheba, Queen of Pandora, the daughter of whatever, whatever. And the, and the restrooms are behind me <laughs> to the left. And I think, I think they realized pretty soon that people didn't want the whole Game of Thrones speech about their lineage. They just wanted the answer to the question. That's so right. This cast member was just basically saying, yeah, it's behind me to the left. Circling back on our earlier point, this is why you want to be in Anaheim next summer. Oh, totally, totally want to get there. Because you'll get what they wanted to do. And by the time Orlando opens, you'll get the, the bathroom is over there. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's take a quick break. I want to ask you a couple of questions about the Fast Pass and extra magic hour amenities that have, Disney's been extended to local hotels when we get back. But let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about that. We'll be right back, folks. And we're back. All right, James. So uh, as part of my research for the unofficial guide this year, we have to visit the hotels in the Disney Springs Resort area. And there are seven of these hotels. They've been around forever. There's Holiday Inns and Hilton's and Wyndham's and, uh, and other properties. The one that I had to stay at this past week was the Hilton Buena Vista Palace. And the thing that made this hotel interesting to me is it, it was one of the last semi-independent hotels of Disney Springs before it got bought by the Hilton. And I stayed there a few years ago in one of the non-tower rooms. They're sort of like, uh, just like the Contemporary has the Contemporary Tower. And they've also got a garden wing the Buena Vista Palace had sort of a garden wing in the back of the pool. And these rooms were lovely. I mean, they were well-appointed, inexpensive, large rooms, maybe not the most current or the most modern in terms of furnishings, but at the time, a comfortable room for a couple hundred bucks, hundred bucks or so, mm. not, not a bad deal. So I went, to, I went there to check at the hotel. But while I was there, I was checking in. They told me that Disney had extended a number of on-site privileges to the Disney Springs Resort Hotel. So in particular, you could make FastPass reservations 60 days in advance. If I was staying at this Hilton, I could also get extra magic hours. And apparently at one point last year, I don't know if we were talking about this, but you could also get the Disney dining plan if you were staying at one of the Disney Springs Resort area hotels. Now, the dining plan thing isn't happening this year, but they've tried it. Jim, what's, what's Disney trying to do here by extending these privileges out to the Disney Springs Hotels because these aren't Disney owned hotels. What are they thinking here? Part of this really is on the back of the amount of time, money, and effort that's been put into the repositioning of downtown Disney to Disney Springs. In much the same way that people who stay at the Contemporary or the Flow or kind of the Bay Lake Towers or across the way at the Poly, they're in the Magic Kingdom Resort area and the perks that come with that. This is trying to sell the notion of 
you're staying at Disney Springs. You're staying at the most exciting dining, retail, entertainment area in Orlando, though these are not, in fact, Disney-designed hotels, so to speak. Just across the way, you have Saratoga, or but, you know, the notion of you are now in this zone which we've got that whole Crossroads project that's going on where Crossroads is basically going away so they can create a highway ramp that speeds people right into this world. I mean, yep. this is basically phase one of making the world excited about your staying in the Disney Springs area. This is a legitimate part of the resort, and these are the perks that come with staying at the Walt Disney World Resort. Those hotels, Jim, they give Disney a cut of their revenue, right? That's the, yep. that's the price of mm-hmm. being on. Okay, so is it the case where these hotels were looking at what the three or four year construction project for Disney Springs? Which, and let's face it, it was a hassle oh, to get to some of these God, hotels. Yes, yeah. Um, during that construction, mm-hmm. you know, if they're if they're just coming off of this mm-hmm. last little bit of construction, they've got an upcoming project where we're going to demo crossroads and and start construction on the other side of the hotels. Do you think that extending these amenities is to these hotels is Disney's way of saying we will make this up to you? No, absolutely. The very thing you touched on that it's a two year project between the demo that has to be done on crossroads between the various retention ponds that have to be built, highway ramps, that sort of thing. And again, the three or four years of misery with the the bridges. Now that the bridges are in place, the walkways that take people across Buena Vista and that sort of thing, it, it's so much easier to actually get over to the Disney Springs. But during the lead up to this, you know, it's like, why would anyone want to stay down in this corner of property. And uh, you of all people know that, you know, for the these are the, the hotels that took a hit during all of that construction. Nobody really wanted to stay down in that corner of property when it was you know, this endless construction zone that, that it was so slow just to move through to get over to the parks. Oh, yeah. And you didn't have, for the hassle that you put up with, you didn't have the perks like... Mm-hmm extra magic hours or the fast passes. And in terms of rates to Jim, these hotels are not cheap. The Buena Vista Palace that I was staying at, when you add in its 20, I think it was a $30 a night resort fee and then a $10 self-parking fee, with tax and everything, it's almost $300 a night Mm -hmm. to stay at this property. That's a lot. That's Disney moderate money. Yep. Not to belabor this point, but we are still well in the middle of what's going on on the west side so disney springs for all of this talk of come see our restaurants and shops and it's like we're not done yet yeah they've got a couple more years of construction yeah as somebody who's operating in that corner of the resort and especially you know when you're really at at the fringe it's a bear and and the fact that disney had to make this sort of concession tells you a lot about how things have changed in Orlando. Because for the longest time, it was like, these are our good neighbors. Right. They're not actually Disney resorts. They're our good neighbors. <laughs> They're not family, but you can borrow a cup of sugar from them there if you, you need to, right? <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> and now, taking into consideration what's going on down the street, yeah. and we are going to see a brand new hotel at Universal open up in August. These are longtime partners of Disney, for the 50th anniversary, they're not going to be able to fit everybody on property. No, there's no way. Everything will be sold out. So you think that they're uh, that they'll, they're looking at these 
extra hotels. I think there's about, what, 3,000 more rooms in the seven? There we go. So just under, like, between 2,500 and 3,000. They're looking at that as sort of a safety valve? Yeah, just the Hilton Buena Vista Palace. That's it's it. like 700 by itself, I think. Yeah, 7, 750, something like that. Well, right? I'm, if I'm looking at it correctly, it's it's 1,014, but... Oh, okay, so that many, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'm old enough to remember when they had the Dutch Inn over here, and they genuinely struggled being at the edge of property. They were all often the affordable opportunity back in the day when there were only the three and four hotels. I mean, they did very well. It's just yeah. during the explosive growth of the 80s into the 90s with all of the you know on-property resorts, these were genuinely hurting. Yeah. I think even even after the sort of the double whammy of 9-11 and then the recession in 2008, 2009, yep. a lot of people questioned why you would stay there when you could stay at a value resort for less money. Mm-hmm. And that's still a tough value proposition, I think, for the Disney Springs resorts area, resort area hotels. You can you can stay at a value resort on property cheaper and still get Magical Express, even if you you can... Magical Express, you can still get the dining plan. So even if Disney's giving you the 60 days for fast passes and the extra magic hour benefits, you could still save money going to a Disney Resort. And you'd have you'd a more reliable bus transportation too, right? That's the Achilles heel of any offsite hotel is often either the bus transportation to the parks or the dining on site. That's what our surveys say. Absolutely. I, I still think it's a tough value proposition though. I mean, it, again, I, I, I didn't pay the $300 a night. I got a little bit of a discount on mm-hmm. it. But for $300 a night, I, w- I wouldn't stay at this particular hotel. It's just not, I would have stayed at a, at a value or a moderate, even knowing that the room was bigger and you know, the bed might have been slightly better. The overall value proposition to me wasn't as good. Certainly, I would say the well-designed rooms at Pop Century, mm-hmm. the new ones, even at 260 square feet, I would have taken that over what I had for $300 a night at the Hilton. It's a strange sort of strategy. Like, it's, It doesn't cost Disney any money mm-hmm. to extend out Fast Pass or Extra Magic Hours. It does impact the people in the parks a little bit because now you're competing with 3,000 more people to get the same number of fast passes. I don't think that that's the solution to that value proposition problem. It's kind of a Band-Aid on a heart condition. (laughs) It makes them feel loved again. You just have to go a quarter mile in any direction from those seven hotels and there are additional more affordable hotels. Maybe not with the amenities that you were just talking about or the transportation, but there's a hotel room for every price point. But at the same time, these days, not everybody is coming to spend their time exclusively at Disney. And in fact, hmm. what they found was that there was this perception that what was great about those seven hotels is that they were actually that much closer to Universal and SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah you, you mentioned that now. And, and the fact that it's gonna, they're going to be getting a super easy on and off ramp to I-4. There we go. That does actually make it more more attractive if you want to visit sort of the, the attractions of the greater Orlando area, if you will, Jim. When they build the third park by the Orange County Convention Center, we are going to see a shift in gravity in Orlando. You have these hotels at the periphery of Disney that because of this new highway arrangement, that sort of thing, that much easier to get on and off. Now, mind you, the wild card here is still those toll lanes that you know are being built right. down the center of, of I-4 and how those are going to work. I mean, you're damn near a local at this point. Are, are you keeping tabs on that project at all? Or I haven't gone that far down on I-4 to see where the, uh, see where the lanes start yet. I'll, I'll try it this weekend. Okay, because 
When I was last at, at Universal, as you made the turn off of four coming from the airport, you could see the physical setup of, okay, so these are the outside traffic lanes and this is the toll lane literally running down the middle of the highway. And it's just yeah. sort of like, when does that come online? When is this another SunPass situation? I mean... Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be SunPass, yeah. Okay. I'm more intrigued about how this is actually physically going to work and how people are going to get back and forth to the, these parks. This is the artery yeah. that everybody travels on when they're doing the Disney Universal two-step. So often, you get on that highway and just see... One side is just sailing, depending on what time of day, and the, yeah, the other it's one is it's a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true. I mean, you could you could tell basically what time of day it is by by what side of uh, what side of I four the traffic's on. But Jim, this is actually an interesting point. I think we'll we'll be able to tell about a year in advance, at least in early 2019, how successful Disney thinks. Galaxy's Edge is going to be in terms of moving crowds in by what kind of incentives they give people to stay at the Disney Springs Resort area hotels. If there are fantastic benefits to stay there, then you know Disney's worried about capturing or finding rooms mm -hmm. for all of the people who want to stay there. Disney's going to feel very, very confident on on what it's doing because it, if, they're, if they're thinking they're going to sell out all of their own hotels and they need the Disney Springs Resort area hotels as a backstop, then you'll see sort of the amenities extended to these hotels. But if you don't, then that'll mean something else entirely. Or if Disney extends them even further, right? If Disney starts going down I-4 or to the Flamingo Crossings hotels and extending out these benefits, then you know that they're anticipating crowds. So that'll be that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Interesting point. Yeah, the, you've really hit upon something there. There's just the two of the hotels out there, right? If we go crossing now, but I think Dave, there's an option to build up to seven, and I think a third is either been permitted or is under construction now. I'll, I'll, I'll swing out there. I'm going to a Corona Springs tomorrow night. It's Hannah's birthday. Her favorite restaurant on property is Pepper Market. I don't know. <laughs> don't ask. We're going there for her birthday. It'll be fine. <laughs> All right. I'll, let you, I'll let you know once I get there. Cool. All right, folks, you've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. We are produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go on to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. We're always interested in that. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.